Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. This is your host, Angelo Kelly. For episode six, we have a very special guest joining the show. I actually made my way down to South Jersey to speak with CJ Appenzeller at his gym, Appenzeller Training Systems. And guys, this is a must listen for any strength coach, for anyone who wants to open their own gym, who wants to train athletes, who wants to make a difference in in people's lives. And that's what CJ's motto of Appenzeller Training System is changing lives one rep at a time. And you'll quickly realize how much he believes in what they're doing there at their gym. Just in a few short hours of being in the gym, you can clearly tell there's something different going on. What he's doing isn't just sets and reps. It's not just about what program his athletes are following, but it's really about what he's doing outside the gym, what he's doing in the community, and how he's helping a variety of people along the way. I think he's an awesome guest to bring on. So I first met CJ my freshman year of college at Eastern. He ended up getting hurt and didn't play too much during my freshman year. But the lessons he taught me in the weight room throughout the offseason were invaluable. Quick story, um, I always wanted to be the hardest worker in college. And I remember I used to carry this this prowler sled from my from my room, which was all the way across campus onto the turf field. And the one day it was snowing in the winter. And I told CJ, I was asking guys like, Hey, let's go push a sled on the turf. And CJ was the only guy who would show up. And that's just the guy that he is. He's always been that way. And it's clear as, as a coach, how much he cares about his athletes. He no longer competes in baseball. So this is what he's doing. This is his life now. And I'm just excited to bring his story to light. We talked about how he got into coaching, which is actually a really funny story. So I won't spoil too much, but he almost got arrested before he was a strength coach. But I just appreciate CJ coming on to the show. I don't have much else to say. He was a great guest. You can just tell the passion in his voice and how much he believes in this stuff. So I'm going to send it over to the interview now. All right, we're live. I'm here with CJ Appenzeller. I played baseball with CJ um, at Eastern. So I just wanted to start with your college baseball career, maybe even your high school career, and just talk about that. Awesome, man. What, uh, what's up? It's <laughs> good stuff. So uh, starting with, you know, baseball, right? So baseball is how I got into the industry. Uh, without baseball, I probably would have never found training, which is great. Um, because for me, training is obviously you know what's what's made the biggest impact in my life. But uh, as far as my college career, I started my college career a little bit of a rocky kind of career. I started at Shenandoah University, mm-hmm. wound up having some issues there, leaving, went to Camden County College, left Cumberland County College, finally played my second season of college baseball at Cumberland County. We we're number seven in the nation. I was captain on that team. Great year. I was kind of teeter-tottering back and forth between like, hey, am I going to play anymore? Or is that kind of it for me? Am I going to kind of focus on the gym thing? Because I had the, the actual gym opened already, mm-hmm. um, you know, quote-unquote opened. Um, I was kind of doing like probably between 15 and 25 guys that I was working with at that point. Mm-hmm. Almost all baseball players. Um, we had like a group of three dudes that trained, like normal dudes, like adult fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was essentially like texting them like week in, week out, like, hey, here's when the workouts are this week. Uh, based on my college baseball schedule. So 
I was back and forth, decided to give it one more shot at Eastern where I met you. Um, and it figures that I had, I had a red hot fall and I was feeling good going into the spring and, and that second game of the year, I broke my hand mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the spring. And I was like, damn, I uh, tried to play through it. it was to no avail. I mm-hmm. couldn't keep the, the barrel in the zone. So <laughs> it's a big time issue. And that's kind of when I decided like, man, I think I'm just called to do something else. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, all this work I put in to get to this point probably would have paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to lock it in and focus on the gym full time. Yeah. So you started the gym at 19. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So um, initially, the whole, the story goes like this, which everybody loves. Um, listen, kids, you know, don't do breaking and entering. But uh, so the whole story started with a B and E. So essentially, a buddy of mine said, "Hey, man, I'd like you to train uh, myself and, and my other buddy." And I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm down. Like, let's do it." I was like, "Where do you guys want me to train you?" He's like, oh, I know this spot. It's a batting cage. We get in there, no problem." It's like, meet me there at like noon or something like that. It was during the day. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'll meet you there. So I get there, I roll up. I'm like, yo, you got a key for this place? Like, what's the code to get into the door? He's like, nah, man, no key. <laughs> He's like, it's like, but I got a way in. I'm like, what? So we break into this batting cage, right? They have like little stuff, odds and ends. I think they had like some dumbbells, which we still have actually up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some like dumbbells, like 10s, 15s. Then there was like no 20s like and 30s and then like 50s. I was like, all right, word up. They had some like light kettlebells. Uh, I think they had a 35-pound kettlebell and a 50-pound kettlebell. It's probably the heaviest thing they had. And the reason I specifically remember the kettlebells is because now I'm coaching these guys. I got them working on kettlebell swings, and the lights in the office turned on. We're kind of in the back and in, in the uh, batting cage area, and out comes this guy who's the owner of the batting cage, who for whatever reason decided to leave his his other job early, his office job early, and, and swing by today. And, uh, you know, I have this moment of panic, like, what do I do? You know, do I run? Like, do I drop it? Because these guys, I don't think they're running. I don't know what we're going to do. So I just said, hey, I'm just going to keep coaching. So I was coaching, coaching. This guy's kind of stopped looking at me, staring at me. And I'm, like, not paying him any attention. I'm just giving all my energy, all my attention to my guys that I'm working with. And uh, eventually he's like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, man, I'm coaching. (laughs) Like, this is what I do, you know. And he's like, awesome. He's like, how would you like a job? And I was like, well, you know, it sounds better than a breaking and entering charge. So <laughs> uh, I would love to interview for a job. He's like, cool, be here Tuesday. And I think he said be there at like 7. And I remember specifically that Tuesday I got there at like 6.30, like a half hour early, mm-hmm. like dressed for an interview. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? You're late. Get on the floor. These guys are waiting for you. <laughs> so I walk out to a team of 13-year-old baseball players, and they're like, hey, and he's like, hey, man, train these guys. They're ready. No equipment, no nothing. So. Yeah. That's how I got started with it. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's such a cool story. Yeah, so that's the story. That's how it went. Um, dude, it was it was crazy. And I remember like being in in like uh, nice khakis and stuff like that for the interview and just being like, all right, like let's do it. You know, let's tear it up. Dude gave those guys a crazy workout with tons of energy. And all the parents were coming up to me after like touching me, shaking my hand, doing all this weird stuff. I was like, awesome. They were like, that was so cool. I'm like, cool, man. It was good for me too. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't press charges like <laughs> did I get the job like how's this gonna all go so uh, but that's how it got rocking man that's awesome so when you like what age did you f- know that you were going to be a coach like I feel like when I met you like you weren't coaching us specifically but basically everyone in the weight room is just kind of like all right let's just follow CJ around like he's going to tell us what to do and <laughs> I feel like you've always had that, but like, at what age did you start with that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I went to Shenandoah uh, as an 18-year-old kid, I didn't know like strength coach was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea. So I started lifting weights at 13 because my uncle told me, he's like, you got to lift weights, you're too skinny and weak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. 
So he took me down in the basement, taught me how to sumo deadlift, first lift I ever learned. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I don't know what to do with it, but it's <laughs> awesome. And then um, when I went to Shenandoah, I was like looking around. I didn't really have any guidance as far as like training was concerned. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. My major there was kinesiology, which I didn't even know what the word meant when I signed up for the major. Yeah. They were just like, it's lifting. I was like, cool, I'm there. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't know like what the career routes were. I didn't know what the options were. Uh, and then I found Joe DeFranco on the internet, mm-hmm. right? So I found Joe D and I'm like, this dude's awesome. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And Joe owned a gym, it's called DeFranco's Training Systems. And I'm like, dude, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And it started at Shenandoah, I started coaching the guys in the weight room. Uh, my roommate, Brandon Duar, I was like, dude, like, let's go. I was yeah. like, you're training with me, I'll train you. I'm your coach. Yeah. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, all right. <laughs> like, you know, we got rocking, so I started at, uh, at Shenandoah training those guys. I wound up working with more than him. You know, a couple of guys, we had a little crew. We'd mm. go in there and tear it up, and guys got pretty good results. Um, my coach noticed. He was like, hey, man, what's going on here? You know, and uh, that's how it got rolling. But before Joe D, before I found him on the internet, essentially, Westside for Skinny Bastards was like the program that he's yeah. putting out. Mm-hmm. And I found that, and I was like, oh, my God, number one. I was like, wow, this is totally different, you know, which led me down a whole rabbit hole, going to Westside, visiting Louie, learning from those guys. and. And, but also the idea of like, hey, you can own a gym, that's a, that's a career route that you could choose, and that's what I knew. Yeah, so you basically willed this entire thing in, into existence. Like one day you're just like, all right, I'm your coach, like <laughs> let's go, and then I think that's such a cool story. So um, I was at the original ATS 1.0, yep. and you had basically a couple squat racks, um, a couple dumbbells, and a little bit of floor space, and now, I'll probably do a YouTube video just like of your spot now, but how has it evolved into this like 5,000 square foot facility? Yeah, so this one is now, now it's 7,200 square foot here. Um, Chris probably gave you a bad number. (laughs) But yeah, we're we're like 7,200 square foot here. So essentially we had, and the the original spot was 550 square foot, which is the same size as my office now mm-hmm. so and I always remember that kind of keeps me grounded I, that's and that's also like one of my favorite stories to like tell yeah. like kids parents when they ask me like hey how long have you been doing this I'm always like well the office you're in right now is the same size as my first gym uh, which is pretty funny so but yeah so it went from there we were there about 13 months once I really focused and got it going full-time mm-hmm. about 65 members and I was like man we're running into it our, ourselves here I remember like if we were gonna do an exercise that required a bench, like if we we're gonna do chest border rows or dumbbell benching, mm-hmm. we have to do that exercise and then put the benches like in the corner standing up mm-hmm. so we could like do something else after. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is getting too crazy. So we rented the first spot, which was, and at this point it was just me. Chris was still interning, so I was the only coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we said, hey, let's, let's move to the next spot. So we went 2,100 square foot. We were there for three years, three year lease. Um, at the end of that three years, we were like 138, 140 members, and I was like, all right, like it's time to it's time to level up. We started having some issues with like neighbors and parking and kind of those things, those growing mm-hmm. pains. So uh, we moved to this spot, which was 5,000 when we moved in square foot. We split the gym in half, did did a whole bunch of stuff, uh, brought on more team members and things like that. Our internship program really got rocking. And then just recently, we added the third unit, which is now another 2,100 square foot. Um, that's our turf room. We do, or we will do our youth programming in there. We'll do our adult large group in there. We use it for power work for the athletes mm-hmm. right now. Uh, it's, it's primary use and just more space. Yeah. You know, so we can spread out a little bit and, and get it going. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's evolved for sure. Uh, small steps, but here we are. Yeah. So, um, talk a little bit about how you develop coaches. So 
I know you have Chris full-time. Do you have any other coaches full-time as well? Yeah, so all of our guys um, are just about as close to full-time as you can get. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't, like for us, like what we like to do, and that's not always the case because business can get a little muddy, but what we like to do is try to get guys in, get them started on our internship program, build them up from there, and the ultimate goal is to create a career for mm -hmm. each guy that comes through the door. So like our job, or my job as the leader here, is to establish a way and a path in which they can level up yeah. and build, if they want it, a career for themselves in the field because that's something that's so rare in, yeah. in a field uh, like this one. So that's our goal. The way we develop coaches is everybody comes to our internship program. So we don't hire outside of our internship program. Okay. Uh, it's a 16-week internship. We're partnered with really good schools. We take guys from outside of schools. Like we just had a 30-year-old guy finish up an internship. He's like, hey man, I didn't go to school. Can I still do it? 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a 16-week internship. During the internship, uh, we have weekly lessons, weekly hands-on sessions, weekly uh, classroom sessions in here. And then uh, that's kind of how we coach. Plus they're on the floor, shadowing, interacting with members, spotting, loading, whatever the case may be. And they're opportunity number one but also the responsibilities levels up with them throughout the course of the 16 weeks so you know week one it might just be hey meet everyone yeah get everyone's names whereas week 10 you might be running sessions mm -hmm. you know weeks two through four you might be running certain parts of sessions right so uh, we just build them out like that give them as much opportunity as we can as long as we know our members are going to be taken care of and we mm -hmm. feel confident that they can deliver what we need we do it mm -hmm. and that's really the you know the best way to learn is to get your hands in there yeah get in the trenches a little bit so that's how we develop I'm sorry guy no so is that paid for coaches or no? No. So our internship program is completely unpaid. Okay. It's funny you mentioned that too, because like uh, I, I guess some of the bigger box companies went to like paid internships. But so here's what I would say about that, and you know people can say what they want about it, but uh, I don't understand why I should pay you to teach you, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't pay to like college professors don't pay you to go to their classes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pay them for yeah. them to teach you. It's the same idea here. Like you're going to get the opportunity to not only learn from expert level coaches, but also be around real people and uh -huh. get coaching it, like an actual experience where, hey, we're not going to put you on a front desk and have you check people in. Yeah. We're not going to just have you clean up. We will have you clean up. We're not just going to have you yeah. clean up and, mm -hmm. and kind of use you as spare hands, right? We're going to build you up, build you as a coach and as a person where whether it's here or somewhere else, you can go into another position confident in your ability to, to deliver a product, you know, yeah. that's worth it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, uh, you know, it's getting weird out there with internship stuff because a lot of the big box companies like, you know, Retro Fitness or something like that mm -hmm. will do a paid internship where essentially they pay someone below minimum wage because they're an intern mm -hmm. and use them at a minimum wage position, like taking cars at the front desk or making smoothies. And it's like, uh, I don't know how much you're going to learn from that. Yeah. You know? And you know, if one of your coaches makes it through the four months not getting paid, you're doing this because you really want to be here and yeah. you're embodying the ATS philosophy. Yeah. So it's funny you say that too, because you know, one of our coaches now, Eric, who's a full-time coach here, he actually interned with us for a full year unpaid. Uh -huh. um, so he got done the 16 weeks, and, and, you know, Eric, we've talked about this a whole bunch, and uh, people have heard the story, like, I felt like he wasn't ready to coach, mm -hmm. um, from not, not from a knowledge-based standpoint, but from a social skill standpoint. And uh, he was like, hey, I don't want to leave. And I was like, hey, I don't have any, I don't, know, I don't have a position for you. And he said, well, I'll stay. Yeah. And I was like, cool, man. So he volunteered for a full year. After that year was up, we have our uh, annual award ceremony. It's called the Appies. So okay. if you've heard of the Grammys, then these are like the Grammys, but a lot better. So <laughs> it's like the Appies. So that's our awards dinner um, every year. Essentially, we give out awards for embodying what we believe as a family, as a gym family. So 
one of the things we always talk about is like our gym is a family that masquerades as a gym, mm-hmm. right? So essentially you're a part of something bigger than you and we want to reward those people that live out those values and build that family bigger. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do at the Appies and one of the Appies awards we gave to Eric and with that award we gave him his his collared ATS coach's shirt and he became a full-time coach. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty wild, man. But uh, yeah, if you're here, and you're going to do it. You know, you get college credit for it too most of the time. So, uh-huh. I mean, if nothing else, you're going to get the credit, um, assuming you you know show up and, yeah, and do yeah. the stuff. But if you want to get, if you want to become great, the opportunity's here for you. You have to take it. Yeah. So what? When I'm when I walk in the gym, like you can tell something different is going on in here. Yep. So, what is like your role outside of the gym walls, like? Being, I see you post a lot about being out in the community, watching your guys play, which I think is awesome because not a lot of coaches are going to do that. So what does that look like for you yeah. throughout the course of the week, the months? You yeah. Know? yeah, man. So um, well, I like to think in terms – I'm a big Marvel fan. I don't know if you know this about me. So, like, okay. I'm a huge Marvel dork. Like, I have Iron Man tattooed on my leg, like, the whole thing. Um, and I like to tell people that everyone has a superpower. Whether you know it or not, you have a superpower. There's something about you that's just different. You just do it on a different level than everyone else. So when people ask me, hey, what's the differentiating factor of your gym? What's your unique value proposition for your gym? I always say that myself, my team, no one's going to care more about you. So no yeah. gym cares more than we do. And that's my kind of superpower as a human. Like I was put on earth to help people find their strength. And the way I do that is through my superpower of caring more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It might sound cheesy. It might sound corny. It might sound Disney cliche, whatever. That's all good. Say whatever you want. But that's that's what I do better than anyone else. And that's what I really embody. So for me, it's not even like, it's not a plan, right? It's not like uh, I don't lay it out like, oh, this game that day, this game that day. Um, what I do do though is go to, so like most of our guys are baseball guys. Mm-hmm. So I go to over 30 high school baseball games every year for the mm-hmm. last three years. I hit a hundred this year, like in, in three years. So that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, go to, if there's a big event and I find out about it, like I'm going to be there. You know, I try to show up, I try to be where our guys are just so they know like, Hey, we got your back, whether it's inside the gym walls or outside of it. Uh-huh. And this is family, right? Like if your cousin, your niece, your nephew has a big game or something, where are you at? You're there. Yeah. So it's the same idea for us. Um, granted, I have a little bit more freedom to do it now because we have a team of coaches in place. So I have to close the gym down to go to a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. But everybody has the opportunity to do it. It's yeah. just it's just caring. Yeah. You know. So that's that's kind of what we do. Um, anything from do we've gone to like walks, uh, different things for different causes. Uh, a lot of baseball games, um, Spartan races, Tough Mudders for our, some of our adult members. I just signed up to do a Spartan race. I haven't run more than like maybe from here to the end of the gym uh, in like a year, but I'm gonna do a Spartan race in, in this month actually okay. uh, for like five of our adult members. One guy specifically like was like on the fence about it and I was like, dude, no. I was like, we'll do it. I was like, yeah. all of us will be there, we'll go. <laughs> so we're gonna do that. Uh, it's just about caring about people, man, and caring about what they're trying to get done, what they're trying to accomplish as an individual, mm-hmm. not as a number, not mm-hmm. as a part, but as a person. Mm-hmm. So what makes your athletes different? Uh, it's it's clear that your guys are having success. Like, so I saw some of your baseball guys got drafted this year. You're sending guys to different colleges all the time. Yeah. What is different that's going on in here? Yeah, dude. So I, you know, the training our our training is expert level. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's the real deal. It's a differentiator for sure. But I don't think it's the thing. I think it's a thing, a part of it. Uh, I think the thing is the family atmosphere and the environment, right? So. Mm-hmm. 
Stallions always want to run with stallions. Okay, when you put people around other like-minded individuals who have similar goals that they want to accomplish, who are willing to run through walls to do it, mm -hmm. that energy is contagious. So when you put a guy like Matt Still, who was drafted last year by Kansas City Royals, he trained yesterday, mm -hmm. and like that particular group, there was like a couple of high school guys, there was two middle school guys, there was two pro guys in that group. So it was like that mix, and people think, when people hear that, they're like, oh my God, like little Joey can't train next to a pro athlete. Everything's customized to them. It's not. Yeah. It's not the idea that they're on doing the same workout. It's mm -hmm. the idea that they're around each other. They're around the energy. Like, hey, that's what that level of focus looks like. That's what that level of work ethic looks like. That's what that level of energy looks like to bring to the training, to bring to each and every rep, each and every session. And then it's the coaching, right? So when people don't have that energy, coaches are meant to take people from one place to the next. That's like the definition of coach, right? Yeah. From where they are to where they're trying to go. If they don't have that energy one day being the guy that can provide it, bring them up two levels, two notches. We always talk about energy levels uh, with our coaches in terms of where our athletes and individuals are. If they come in the gym and they're you know on a one to 10 scale, they're a five, they better leave here on a seven. Yeah. You know, if they come in there an eight, they better leave here on a 10. You know, they better be floating on clouds on the way out. They better be fired up about getting better today, moving closer towards their goals today. So that's something that we pride ourselves on. So if I had to say, you know, what's the differentiator between our athletes and other guys' athletes, is that our athletes are gonna work harder because they're around a, a stallion type environment, A. B, the coaching is just that much higher level than you're gonna get anywhere else and we care more, so we always elevate ourselves as practitioners. A, B, and then C, I would say for sure the training is, I mean, it's just better. Yeah. You know? It's just like, you know, when you know what you're doing and you have a ton of experience doing it, you know, you can deliver great results. So. Exactly. And, um, I love that you do on Instagram, Blue Collar Mindset Monday. Yeah. So what started that, and uh, what's kept you going doing that all the time? Dude, so it's funny because I took a, I took a uh, break from Blue Collar Mindset Monday, and like a guy I really respect in the community, uh -huh. um, he's actually you know a politician and things like that, I won't say his name on here or whatever, but he like reached out to me one day, like, at this point, uh, so I trained both of his sons. So okay. his one son just left college, other son too. And he reached out to me, he's like, hey man, what happened to Blue Collar Mindset Monday? Just out of the blue. Yeah. You know, and I was like, you were watching that? He's like, every week it was firing me up. I was like, oh man, I gotta bring it back. So, um, but Blue Collar Mindset Monday came from this idea of like defining who we were as a gym, who mm -hmm. we were as a gym family. So people were always like, what's your gym like? Is it like hardcore? And I like never resonated with like the word hardcore mm -hmm. because it just not, it, we're not hardcore. Hardcore to me sounds like people are like bleeding, yeah. you know, people are like dying, like <laughs> still like bad stuff's happening. We're not hardcore. Like we have like on our, adult, in our adult population, our majority of our people are like 35, 55 year old moms and dads. Uh -huh. And in our athlete side, the majority of our people are 12 to 15 year old kids. Mm -hmm. Like we're not hardcore, but what we are is hard working. What we are is, you know, we believe in something called a hard hat mentality where each and every day you show up and you punch the clock regardless of the situation. So I said, man, we're not really hardcore. That's not a good word, but what is a good word is, is blue collar, right? Mm -hmm. We know regardless of creed, background, whatever it is, that once you get in here and you feel the environment, the environment is based around, hey, I gotta punch the clock, I gotta work hard, and if I'm gonna achieve anything, it's gonna be a result of hard work, not an accident. Yeah. So that's kind of what the blue collar mindset is. The two core principles are that anything is possible through hard work, and every time you fail, it's simply an opportunity to learn, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we always say failure is never fatal. Um, so those are the two principles of the blue collar mindset. Dude, I've just been going now. Um, we've been chipping away. Dude, I have a ton. I don't know how many I have. I have a ton. I know this this particular, like, restart, I have six in a row. 
going. I'm going to finish out the year of 24 was like when I started to like the yeah. end of the year of 24. So I'll get them all done. Yeah. And I know like when, when you first, like for me, first starting this podcast, first starting the YouTube channel, it's like, no, you don't think anyone's watching. And then you get the text from your buddy who you haven't talked to. Who's like, yo, I've been watching your videos. Like, this is awesome. Like, thank you so much for putting this out that stuff people aren't saying. So I think you just have so much going on. It seems like that separates you, separates your gym all the time. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. You know what, too? Good point on that is like, I don't know who said this or or who said it to me, but uh, essentially somebody said, you know, if one person says it, 10 people are thinking it. Mm -hmm. And they were talking in terms of whatever it was. uh, Like, if you're doing a really great job at something, especially that's going, you know, out to the masses, that's that's being uh, reproduced or or distributed on a mass scale. Uh And mass, by mass, I just mean not targeted, you know, specifically. Uh Um, You know, one person saying that you're doing a pretty cool job and that they're really fi- getting fired up and inspired by the pieces of content you're putting out probably means there's like 10 people out there that are like really getting fired up on it you know yeah. and i know like with my stuff like my instagram and stuff like that i really focused on just trying to put out pieces of content that could educate my members a fire my members up b and c provide some value for other coaches and individuals that are kind of like on their own slash don't have access to the things we have the coaching we have things like that mm-hmm. and because of that like it's starting to pick up some steam man but like you said it's, it's slow rolling ball yeah and i feel like just from knowing you it seems like you've never been afraid to put yourself out there like was that is, is that ever an issue when you got started no or it was always just like you're gonna say whatever you feel like it and <laughs> yeah that's just who you are. Yeah, I think that's more who I am as a person, even before I was a coach. Like, I just, you know, I just let it fly, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that when, when the gym reached a certain level of success, I did have issues mentally uh, with what I call imposter syndrome. So this this, this feeling Absolutely. of essentially like, damn, do I deserve to be in this position? Am, am I worthy of a 5,000 square foot gym? Am I worthy of, you know, 200 members? Am I worthy of these things? And it's something that we all battle. And I know, you know, self-care and all this stuff is like a hot topic and like a buzzword and things yeah. like that. Um, but I think imposter syndrome is something serious that I, I know I went through and battled against. And then I know a lot of other people when they reach a certain level of success, all of a sudden kind of the, the loud mouth or whatever, you know, yeah. they would just fire off whatever I thought. All of a sudden I was kind of like, oh, wait, maybe not wait, is it that? Is it Maybe they shouldn't hear it from me. Um, and dude, the way I got over that was a good friend of mine said to me, he's like, if not you, then who? Yeah. Right? So like, if it's not going to be you, dude, it's going to be somebody. Yeah. Do you believe that they can deliver a better message in a better way than you do? And a lot of times I don't. So I'm like, I'm just going to fire it off and maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't, maybe it resonates with you, maybe it doesn't. But uh, for me, I know if I can help one person through something as silly as Blue Collar Mindset Monday or an Instagram post or a reach out in, in the DMs or whatever the case may be, that's, yeah. a, that's a big win for me. You know, mm-hmm. So I'll take those all day. So just back to your baseball career and stuff, do you think essentially we talked off air about how you feel like you had unfinished business in baseball, you ended up getting injured, that cut your career short. Do you think that made you a better coach? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the initial reason I even opened a gym was so that other athletes didn't go through the pain I felt, both from an injury standpoint. I broke my leg my sophomore year of, of uh, college and junior college. I played through that. I played on that broken leg, no problem. And then um, 
also, you know, the confidence that it gave me to yeah. be who I am today and to be who I was then. Uh, I wanted athletes to be able to get that. Yeah. Right? That cross, that bridge between, hey, I don't want you to feel the pain I felt from injuries, right? So I want to keep you resilient. I want to keep you strong. But mentally, like I said, I was put on earth to help people find their strength. And with that comes their confidence and comes owning every part of themselves. So yeah. that to me is what fired me up. And that's what got me going in that direction. Being hurt definitely gave me a new lens through which to look at things. Uh -huh. um, everything from applicable, like, hey, how do you work around an injury? Because we have guys in here and girls all the time, cast, boot, whatever the case may be. Oh, I rolled my ankle playing soccer. The worst is like when we have like D1 college guys, baseball guys that are like, mm -hmm. oh, I like twisted my ankle playing basketball. I'm like, why? <laughs> but you know, it's like, oh, don't do that. But uh, like, hey man, we got we, that stuff happens and we have to work around it. We have, you know, guys that work in the trades or whatever, drop a pipe on their foot. It's like, dude, do I not train now? Of course not. You come in, you work around it. And, like, because of my injury stuff and starting yeah. down that path of, like, dude, I'm still going to train. I just have to figure it out. Force me to dive deeper into my study, to dive deeper into my knowledge base and kind of come up with those solutions and study everything from, I mean, energy systems to – you know, gross anatomy to nutrition for injury and all of those things in between uh, to help these people mend up better, keep training from a mental and a physical standpoint and get better faster, so. Yeah, and you talked about, um, so you're pursuing your master's, you're almost on that. Yeah. Who, like, I can clearly see you know about the fitness side, like, you, there's not much more that you need that you can get give athletes, like, you're pretty much you have that knowledge base. Who are you looking to for personal development yeah. growth in that sense? Yeah, so uh, I, first on the, on the side of like training. So number one, I think, yes, you're right. And I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> I, I think, yes, you're right. Uh, like I, I probably know, you know, 90% of what I need to know. Yeah. But that extra 10%, there's going to be one guy <laughs> who needs yeah. that. Yeah. So I need to keep searching for that. So I'm always getting better, whether that be training, whether that be nutrition, so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, they say like 90% of the people only need 10% of what you know, which uh -huh. is, I do find to be true. Like most guys don't need to know, like from a baseball perspective, like most guys really don't need to know energy systems development. Like I don't need to teach that to an athlete. Yeah. Like, dude, come on, man. You're throwing a baseball. Like we'll mm -hmm. be just fine. Just don't run poles. Stop doing that. <laughs> right. But. On the flip side of that coin, like the one guy who does need to understand it better, I, I need to be able to teach him that, right? Okay. So, but for uh, personal development, things like that, uh, I love John Gordon stuff. Are okay. you familiar with John? Yeah. Yeah, so John's the man. I always repost John yeah. all the time. The energy uh, bus. Energy bus. Yeah. Big energy <laughs> yeah. bus guy, man. Big <laughs> energy bus. So I love that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, too. Let's go to my audible really quick, just to be sure I don't miss anybody good. Um, but everybody should be looking at that stuff. And... You know, the other thing is, as I'm pulling up Audible, dude, I'm feeding myself with this stuff every day. Uh -huh. You know, I find a way where I'm always reading, I'm always learning um, leadership stuff. I love Jocko Willink. Are you familiar yeah, with Jocko? Absolutely. So, yeah, dude, I just finished Dichotomy of Leadership. That was awesome. Um, Bob Berg is amazing. He does uh, The Go-Giver, which okay. I just came out with the fourth book. It's The Go-Giver Influencer. It's, uh, the only required reading to start our internship is not a training manual. It's The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Okay. So I love I'll have to it. check that out. Dude, yeah. That's that's the real deal. Um, let's see what else I got. I, dude, I got good stuff in here. Um, a lot of business stuff. I love uh, on that other side, the business side, a lot of different people. But, yeah, I got a lot of John Gordon dude, too. Um, let's see. Tony Robbins in here. James Kerr in here. Legacy. Good stuff. 
Yeah, so those are the guys I'm going to, I guess. Uh, more than anybody, John Gordon, I follow his like stuff on social uh-huh. and like actually stay up to date with it. Everybody else, I'm kind of like locked in. Yeah, and are you training your athletes on the mental side as well too? So, so actually, yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So we have a program. It's called the Premier Program. Okay. So the Premier Program runs from the uh, the beginning of November to the end of December. I hand select up to 20 kids from our program that have developed and showcased extraordinary leadership ability throughout their training, and uh, we pick those guys. Now, with those guys, we do eight hands-on sessions. It's eight workouts just for them, okay. right? so no one else allowed into the sessions, and on the back side of them, they get eight talks on leadership. I do four, and then we have four guest speakers come in every year. Uh, last year, we had Chris Singleton come in. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Chris, but Chris is like a pretty big name. I was probably the, the you know quote-unquote biggest name, but we had a lot of amazing guys come in. Um, we've had MARSOC Marines, CIA agents, um, Army Rangers, um, business leaders, you know, ev- and everyone in between come in and talk to these this group of athletes about what it means to be a leader, what it means to lead uh, not only others but yourself first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a pretty amazing thing. And with that, this year we're actually doing the biggest one ever. Um, dude, this year's speaker lineup is unbelievable. Uh, I'm really fired up about it. We have a field trip in there this year, which is a brand new thing we're doing, and okay. it's, it's pretty cool stuff. So, yeah, we do. Um, we're constantly talking to these guys about developing themselves mentally and physically, right? Yeah. Making sure they don't just develop physically, making sure you're not just training, yeah. but also training your brain, training your thought process, being a better person. So what I talk to parents about all the time is that, hey, my, re- my real goal for your son or your daughter isn't to make them a better athlete. They're like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, what are we paying yeah, you for? Yeah, for? My real goal is to make them a better person uh-huh. through being a better athlete first, maybe, mm-hmm. but more importantly, through developing discipline, leadership, ability, and those things that come along with being a great person and a great athlete, right? So yeah. that's kind of what we do. Um, but yeah, Premier is pretty awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And like, I didn't have any of this when I was, when I was younger. I was that guy who was, when I got to seventh grade, couldn't hit the ball out of the infield and I didn't know that this was a thing I didn't know that I could go to a strength coach and develop myself to then eighth grade came around and then I started hitting the ball to the outfielders that would get caught too (laughs) but um almost yeah exactly but I think um just both that that physical growth and that mental growth that you're doing a lot of uh coaching a lot of baseball guys that failure is a part of the sport and I can't tell you how many times in baseball that I've failed and I think that's taught me a lot about life but I didn't have like any formal education on it until probably I was my senior year that I realized that hey there's a better way to approach this yeah so I think that's awesome that you're getting out there and I appreciate teaching your guys that yeah man it's so important like you said like dude baseball's a game of failure and you know, people say what they say about baseball. It's slow, it's boring, it's this, it's that. I'll tell you what, it, it teaches you and prepares you for what life really is like. Yeah. You know, you get beat up a lot in yeah. life, in business, in coaching. You, you get beat up, you know, yeah. just like you do in baseball. And uh, really, the, the, the strength of the individual is not found in his successes, but in how he responds to his failures. And, and getting that message out to people, especially young athletes, and saying, hey, man, not only is it okay to fail, yeah. But everybody does it, including, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I'm the role model, if I'm the mentor to these guys, including me, yeah. we all do it, mm-hmm. you know. So one of, the, one of the premier program core values is that we're all messed up. 
that's what it is. Yeah. And kids are like, what does that like mean? It, it means this, like, I am slightly ahead of the mental capacity of what we're trying to get through to you guys on a leadership front than you are today. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm teaching this stuff and I'm not perfect. You're not perfect and you're not going to be perfect. And understanding that, hey, you're messed up. We're messed up. We're all messed up. It opens up the door yeah. to ask for help, mm -hmm. which is something that no one talks about. No one does, mm -hmm. right? We're all macho dudes. You know, I got all these tattoos and all this stuff. You know, I'm tough, this or that. I'm not tough. Like, nobody's that tough. Yeah. You got to be able to ask for help, whether that's, hey, I need some help on my training. I need some help on my nutrition. Or, hey, man, I got some stuff in my brain that I need to get out and talk to somebody about. Need to have a have a sounding board and, and something to bounce off of. And all of that and, and everything in between is, is okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say that. And when you say that to a group of young athletes, high school guys, yeah, there's a light bulb. Mm -hmm. you know? I think more people have to get out in front of that curve and say, hey, man, if you need me, not for sets and reps, but if you need me for something, I got your back. And that's, that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah. So who are you going to for help in the strength and conditioning world? Uh, for training stuff? Yeah. Uh, dude, so um, baseball stuff specifically, like obviously everybody goes to Cressy, right? Uh -huh. uh, which is great. Eric's a great resource for sure. Um, some of his shoulder stuff is great. Mike Reinhold is another guy that used to work with Eric who's really great as, as far as shoulder uh, shoulder stuff, health. Mike's a PT. He owns a champion PT in okay. Boston. Um, other guys I'm looking to frequently uh, on the sprinting side of things, Justin Kavanaugh, um, who's like the most underrated or under-talked about speed coach probably ever. Okay. So he's phenomenal. Um, James James the Thinker Smith is, is great. Applied Sprint Training, that book, is uh, is a real eye-opener. It'll, it'll definitely clear up some concepts, I think, for a lot of people. Um strength particular strength stuff there's nobody too too much that i'm looking to um mm -hmm. not not to say that we have it figured out but no one I, I think is training doing the strength stuff on the level that we're currently doing it at mm -hmm. or in the same or in the same kind of uh mind space that i'm in yeah um with that being said though do we look at everybody everybody who has a resource you know we look at that and I always like, for my beliefs particularly, to be challenged, right? So like, if I'm big into X, Y, or Z, I want that challenged. Because listen, if your values get challenged and you change your value, yeah. probably wasn't your value to start. Uh -huh. Or B, if your values get challenged and you're like, no, you know what, what he's saying is wrong, like what I got going on is the right thing. Uh -huh. You've just strengthened that value even even more. Yeah. So, you know, we went up to like CFSC at Mike Boyle's place, like really like Boyle's work on single leg stuff. I like his ability to systematize, progress and regress and hand it off to coaches. I think that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, fitness business stuff, Mark Fisher is really good. I love his stuff. I love his approach to treating people as humans, yeah. which is pretty powerful stuff. Uh, and yeah, man, I think that's it. If I'm forgetting someone, you know, I, uh, of course, you know, that sucks. But oh, Josh Bryan, I love. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with Josh at all? I am not. GLR no. Strong, man. Okay. Dude, that dude is, uh, he's phenomenal. Very smart. Works a lot in like uh, powerlifting, bodybuilding. He has some, he's coached the like three of the, of the biggest benchers ever, okay. so, which is pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, Josh was doing my programming for a little bit uh, before I started getting all banged up. But yeah, so. Those are the guys I'm really looking to. We, we actually flew Josh out last year to do an in-service with the whole team, okay. um, which was freaking awesome. Um, very eye-opening stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's who we're looking to weekly, daily basis. But mm -hmm. anybody from anywhere could influence something we're doing. You mm -hmm. know, It could be one thing. Yeah. So this is nonstop for you. What do you 
do you disconnect at all? Like, how do you step away from here? I, dude, I wish. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on disconnecting at some point. It's just not right now. Yeah. We're in like a big grind mode right now. What, what we like to, what we like to call business sprint. So, um, we, we got some stuff that we got to get done to make mm-hmm. our processes better and deliver a better result um, to our members on a consistent basis. So. We're really focused on that, uh, and we get really good results now. But I don't want to get really great. I want to be the best. Yeah. And clear. You know, I don't. I don't want to have anybody come into our gym and not leave uh, with the result that they were looking for. So that's kind of we're we're shooting for an almost unreachable perfection right now. Mm-hmm. But we're really focused on cleaning up some process stuff to make it happen. So um, we're in a little bit of a sprint right now. I don't disconnect. I do train every day, which is kind of a disconnect. Okay. Uh, I was telling you off air. You know, every day I just kind of right now, especially with the injuries and not getting ready for anything in particular. Particular. I get in, I do like 40 minutes of something. Mm-hmm. I do a 10 minute walk, like that, you know, whatever it is, a big lift for the day and a little bit of accessory work, superset it with uh, my corrective slash rehab stuff for my injuries, and, and that's it for right now. But uh, so that would be the closest thing I get to a disconnect. Okay. But uh, yeah, man, I, I stay pretty locked in. I don't know if I'll be able to be like that forever, but for right now, it's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to get into you do a lot of nutrition. Yeah. Um, stuff on Instagram. So what are you teaching your athletes about nutrition? And Dude, so I'll tell you, like, most of our guys know absolutely nothing about nutrition. Yeah. Um, a, and B, um, a lot of them have never been coached or held accountable to any nutrition change. So a lot of what we're teaching our athletes is very, very basic stuff. Yeah. Eat more. <laughs> have more protein. Stay hydrated. Like, these very simple you know, level one grounded concepts behind mm-hmm. nutrition that they just haven't been exposed to or haven't been exposed to in this way. Uh, the vast majority of our baseball guys want to pack on muscle. So I'm exposing them to more high calorie options, more protein throughout the day and better hydration. Usually what they're getting exposed to on our general pop side, most of those people want to lose fat. So we're exposing them to higher protein diets with more vegetables and produce, mm-hmm. eating a little bit more frequently for most of them because most people are like two, three times a day, yeah. like a little bit more frequency. We're not like locked into like six meals a day or anything like that. Um, but essentially, we're trying to build habits that have some flexibility built into them that are sustainable for the long term. Okay. So everything we do, we're, you know, all my guys are either A, working on, or B, have a precision nutrition, level one cert. So we're working in the direction of building habits that are sustainable for life. Mm-hmm. We don't want a guy to just get after it. Right, listen, if a guy wants to get after it on the baseball side for six weeks in the off season and put on 10, 15 pounds, awesome. We're all in for that. Yeah. But I want you to build the habits that are gonna make you a healthy individual for your life, yeah. right? So whatever that means for that individual guy, that's what we're doing. Uh, most of the stuff I'm posting is like gaining weight stuff uh-huh. because all our dudes are too skinny. And we had really great success. If you if you follow me on Instagram, you see some of our guys in bodies and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. guys routinely pack on twenty to forty pounds training with us, so it's mm-hmm. pretty good stuff. So I just wanted to finish up here with, um, say, 10, 15 years in the future. Where's ATS going? Yeah, man, that question gets asked all the time. And uh, I used to like pretend like I knew really yeah. clearly. I, I stopped pretending I knew very clearly, but I, I do believe we'll have multiple locations. Uh-huh. And that'll probably happen before the 10 year mark. Um, that's still a part of the vision for the gym. I think most importantly though, we'll be continually changing people's lives through strength training, mm-hmm. whether that's on the general fitness side, whether that's in the baseball community, but that is the most important thing for me. And what's true to my vision is that, hey, we help people find their strength, mm-hmm. changing lives one rep at a time. So I, 
everything else could fall apart as long as we're still doing that at a very core level then i'm happy with the progress of the gym yeah so but i, th I think we will have multiple locations and we'll be doing some more stuff um for me i'm sure i'll be traveling more with the consulting stuff and doing that mm -hmm. um i do some of that now I'm, I'm out of the out of the state every month doing that um so I'm, I'm, i only imagine that'll grow and we'll keep going that way and trying to change people's lives cool well i just wanted to con congratulate you with all the success that jim has had i think you're making such a big impact on people's lives that um, maybe you're in the South Jersey area, but like you're not on a national scale yet. But I think eventually, if you keep this up, you're going to be that strength coach that people are dropping on other podcasts too. Like <laughs> I, I think so, you're going to be acknowledged as that. So congratulations for all the success, and I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks, brother. I appreciate yeah. that. Man, that hit. <laughs> Once again, I just want to thank CJ for taking time out of his schedule to come on the podcast. He was a great, great interview and shared a ton of insight. I feel like the two hours that I was there, I learned so much from him. We were also talking about social media off air and how I can grow that and how he's done that as well. So look for CJ on social media, on Instagram. His handle is at appyhour. And that's A-P-P-Y, hour, and then his Jim Appenzeller training systems also has a ton of social media. And even if you're not in the South Jersey area, CJ puts out a ton of content. His Blue Collar Mindset Mondays are something that I always look forward to watching on Instagram. I have his newsletter that I'll get here and there, and he shares a ton of content for free. And then if you are in that South Jersey area and you're a young athlete or you're an adult just looking to get in better shape, check out Appenzeller Training Systems. Great stuff going on there. And you can quickly tell as soon as you walk in the place, it's just different than other gyms. So again, I congratulated CJ on his, his success. Um, I think it's awesome what he's doing. You can really tell that he is trying to be the best version of himself he's constantly improving he's constantly growing and that's the kind of people that i want to bring on the podcast so i'm learning a ton by doing this show i hope you guys are learning as well let me know your thoughts if you did like the episode please subscribe on itunes and please leave a rating and also please leave a review if you like the podcast that helps spread it so i'm not asking for any ads or anything like that. I'm not trying to monetize this too quickly, but if you are ga gaining benefits from this podcast, please just let me know, write a review. Um, that would help tremendously. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, we'll be back with another great guest. So I'm excited for everything to come in the future. And I just urge you guys to be better than you were yesterday. Take care.